This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Before introducing the guest for today's episode, I wanted to ask if you have subscribed to the Grace Enough podcast. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, would you consider sharing it with a friend? The stories my guests share give God the glory for the work He has done in their lives. It has been a joy to interview each and every guest thus far, and I believe their stories will bless others. I need your help to spread the word. You can copy and paste the podcast link and share via text message or email or connect with me at graceenoughpodcast underscore Amber on Instagram and Facebook by sharing posts on social media. Thank you for your support and for every one of you who have sent encouraging words my way. Well, today on the Grace Enough podcast, we have Christina. Welcome, Christina. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. I'm going to give you a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners, your family, and a little bit about your ministry. Sure, Amber. My name is Christina Patterson. I am a stay-at-home mom of two. I have a baby girl who is, well, she's not a baby anymore. She's seven, and, but they're still my babies. And my son, who is four, I'm married to my college sweetheart, Donald, and we live in North Carolina. When I'm not running after my kids, I do run a ministry called Beloved Women, where we encourage, uplift, and equip women in the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word. And we do that through offering free video Bible studies on our YouTube channel and website, daily devotionals on our app that you can find in the Google Play or the Apple App Store, and plenty of blog posts on our website, belovedwomen.org, all for the sole purpose of lifting women up in the truth of God. Well, and I love just how many outlets you have and how many free resources you offer. And that's the amazing thing about the world we live in today. You can find things so easily, good and bad, but you guys are truly offering up God's truth. And so let's go back to just kind of how your journey began. After my husband and I graduated, we both went to NC State and we graduated. We moved to Maryland and we were both working in D.C. My husband was working for the Department of Defense. I was working for a Department of State. I know for me, my job was pretty like intense. It was long days, long commutes to get to and from work. And so when I got pregnant with my daughter, my first child, I got really sick and I was like, man, this two hour commute into the city and and back home, I don't know how this is going to work and I wasn't feeling well. So we decided that I would stay home. The plan was for me to stay home for maybe like a year um, and then, you know, transition back into work. That was seven years ago. (laughs) So that was our plan. That was not God's plan. We ended up moving um, shortly after she was born back to North Carolina. And I was just applying for jobs, applying for jobs. I never would have saw myself as a stay-at-home mom. Like growing up, you know, I was just taught 
go to school, get your education, get a good job, you know, just to be like an independent woman. That was like my vision for my life. And so I was like applying for jobs, applying for jobs. Nothing was coming through, like jobs that I know that I was well qualified for. I should have gotten. And I read um, a book by Priscilla Shire about Jonah. I can't remember the name. It's like navigated or unexpected. I can't remember the name of it. I'm so sorry. But it was just about like, you know, when God's plans are unexpected in your life. And I remember reading that book and God really showing me like, I'm calling you to be a stay at home mom, you know? And I was like, no, God, this is not the plan. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, and so I'm like, give me, give me meetings and give me work and give me stuff like this, you know? But I was like, you know, I do not want to be at odds against God, you know, <laughs> like I will lose every time finally settled into the idea of staying home. And around that same time, the Lord really placed it on my heart. Okay, you need to be in my word. You need to be like spending more time studying my word. I was like, okay. So I was studying and I would write, you know, what I would learn that day. And I was sharing it with a friend and she was like, uh, you know, you should share this online, you know? So I started sharing it online, just like little blog. I would do these little series and it was just text, like little devotionals each day going through like Joshua chapter one or something like that. And the website was called belovedwomen.org. And that's really how Beloved Women got started. It was a blog. And then I started podcasting and now videos. And now it's a 501c3 nonprofit. So it's definitely grown and I never saw it coming. (laughs) You've written a few books. Yes. First book, I think it was the first book you wrote, Daughters of Fire. Yeah, that was the, well, I wrote um, a devotional for moms called Mom Enough. I wrote that first year of my, with my first child and just little, you know, encouraging messages that God was just showing me during that season of struggle because I had no idea what I was doing like most moms, you know, but I think I kind of had this feeling like I should know, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I thought that like, oh, you know, you see so many moms out there just being moms and they just do it. And so I just assumed that it was going to be very natural and you just do it, you know, and I didn't expect it to be so hard. And so because of that, I felt like I'm doing something wrong. Like everybody seems to be like having an easy time and I'm like struggling. Like I'm in the kitchen crying because I feel like such a failure. What is going on? And, you know, because I was in my word at the time, the Lord was really able to speak to me in that season and to just remind me of his grace. And that really the main thing I learned in that season is as you grow in me, the goal isn't to become more independent. You know, that was my goal. Like I need to get money. I need to have a job. I need to be independent. But as we grow in Christ, the goal is to become more dependent on him. And so really just every day, just learning to surrender this day to him, surrender this day to him and and finding joy and finding peace and finding a a healthy rhythm for me and my kids as I was a stay at home mom. So that's where mom enough came from. And then after that, um, I just started studying other things and I started studying about the prophet Elijah. And that's what Daughters of Fire is about. Elijah was a, a prophet to the Israelites at a time where they were the furthest from God that they had ever been spiritually. They were worshiping another God called Baal. And so Elijah comes to, uh, well, they kind of have like this like battle of the gods, if you will. He, he like confronts the Israelites and he's like, look, you can't serve God and Baal. You have to choose. And they didn't want to decide. They were kind of like, oh, we can't just do both. And he's like, no, God is like, you cannot do both. There was this severe drought in the land that God had caused because because of their disobedience. And so Elijah was like, look, this is what we'll do. We'll have the prophets of Baal call on their God and I'll call on the Lord God most high and whosoever God answers with fire, that's who will consider the true God. 
So the prophets of Baal, they call on their God all day. They do all these rituals. They're running around, cutting themselves, acting all crazy and nothing. Elijah says like this two or three word sentence and this consuming fire comes down from heaven and accepts his sacrifice. And so the Israelites realize, you know, we shouldn't be serving Baal. Like he's not a real God. Be serving the one true living God. And the the main message that I got from that was God had to come down with his fire first for them to kind of have that revelation. And so so sometimes I think we try to work our way up to God. Uh, we try to light our own fire. And he's the one that really lights our fire for him. He's the one that does it for us. The Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. Yes. And so the more that we recognize his love for us and our daily walk with him, the more that we will in turn love him. Yes. You're talking about the work-based faith that I know is something that is a part of your testimony, thinking that yeah. you could work to please God and I have even experienced in recent weeks someone saying to me, you need to just be. Be who you are. Embrace the qualities that God has given you. Join your heart to his heart and just be who you are. Don't work so hard to excel at what he's already given you. So talk to us a little bit about that works-based faith that you were a part of first portion of your life. Yeah, you know, I did not truly, I feel like, gain a clear grasp of the gospel for myself until I got to college. I think subconsciously before then, I was like, yeah, Jesus saved us, but I still need to do this. I still need to do that. Like, I need to help him a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then that also induces a lot of fear in your relationship with God because it's like, man, if I mess up, he might leave me. He might forsake me, you know? And that's not what the gospel says. The gospel is that we are saved by grace through faith. You know, I remember one time at college, I went to NC State and we have what's called a brickyard. And it's just like this mass space in the middle of campus and the um, ground is just covered in brick. There, there was what we would call the brickyard preacher. And he would just always be there preaching and he would be condemning everybody that went by. Oh, you got on the color yellow, you're going to hell. You know what I'm saying? It was like ridiculous. And so I was talking to um, some random people that were standing there just looking at him and And one of the guys was like, oh, that's just so wrong. That is not the gospel. You know, we are saved by grace through faith. And and, and I was like, yeah, we are. And he was like, you know, and there's nothing that you have to do to be saved. And I was like, I mean, you know, but you still need to be good. And he was like, no, 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 no. And so we're arguing. Right. And so then I I called my mom that night and I'm like, mom, telling her what he said. And she was like, no, he's right. There's nothing that you can do. And I was like, oh, this is new to me (laughs) because I think it's like, we realize how bad we are. You know, we realize how we can't help ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But in our pride, we want, we don't really want to admit that. We want to say, there's something I can do because it's, it's disheartening to think, man, like I'm in this sin sick state and I can't do anything about it. If you feel, if you don't trust that God's love and his grace and his power is enough to cover your sin, you know what I'm saying? So it really has to do with, do I trust God enough to cover all this and that he can do all the work that I can't? do instead of lying to myself and saying, well, you know, I'm going to read my Bible this much. And as long as I keep going to church and no, 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 none of that is still not enough, you know? And so coming to that revelation and, and I think the biggest thing for me was the fact that the workspace faith just doesn't work. Like, because you still sin, 
You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. It's different if you were like legitimately perfect. But now it's like, okay, every time I mess up, I'm about going into this depression because I feel like the worst person in the world and God's going to do this and da, da, da. And it's like, girl, you better get you some of this grace. Amen. And understand this true gospel that there is nothing you can do to cover your sins because Jesus has already done it. Yeah. So just receive it. Just receive it and live free. Well, and I think in the Old Testament, so often you read through it, and so many times I think we're conditioned almost to only see God's wrath. But if you really read it and you start studying it, you see that God again and again and again gives his people a chance to repent and come back to him the whole time saying, a Savior is coming, a Savior is coming. You know, he just wants us to know that we can't do it on our own. We need him. And I was actually talking to my daughter about that yesterday because they've been learning about the Ten Commandments. And she's like, but you got to keep the Ten Commandments. And I said, well, baby, you know, our culture kind of teaches this because they want you to have character development. And it's important to understand that. But you're never going to be able to keep all those commandments on your own. Right, right. Never. You're going to always mess up and need Jesus. And that really rocked her little world a little bit. You know, she was hey. she was just looking at me like, really? Because I think yeah. we're in our culture so conditioned yes. to just think we can earn everything. We earn our grades. We earn our degrees. We even earn our parents' approval when we obey. Yes. So all of those things. After this happened to you and you talked to your mom How did your journey change after that, after you started really embracing the grace of God? I think that I stopped looking at myself as much because if you're like in this work-based faith, you're constantly looking at yourself. What am I doing? Am I doing enough? Am I going to church enough? You know what I'm saying? And really what we need to be doing is looking at God. So I think it took my focus off of me, you know, whether it was oh, I'm doing great today or I'm doing bad today. That doesn't matter either way. And really say, let me focus on God. Let me focus on him. And so instead of just doing what I think that I should be doing, let me seek him to do what he's legitimately calling me to do today and not putting him in this box. Oh, I have to do this and that and that and that when really God doesn't want what we do. He wants who we are. He wants our hearts. Like you said, you know, instead of focusing more so on what I was doing, I need to be focusing on who I am in Christ, who he is and things like that. So I think my focus changed, my mindset changed about who God was and my relationship with him, and what that was supposed to look like. And I think it took a big burden off of me. I felt a lot more free. Now, I mean, I'm a compliant person, so I like rules. I like to do lists. So naturally, you know, legalism was something that was easy for me to kind of slip into. And even now I can find myself, oh, man, I feel bad because I didn't get this done today or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. And it's again, okay, Christina, you're focusing on your works. You're focusing on what you're doing, you know, and maybe the only thing that God wanted me to do that day was just be nice to the clerk in the grocery store line. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm all like distracted thinking about, oh, I got to get the kids. We got to go to basketball party. And I did this and I didn't do this. And I need to prep for the meals and all this kind of stuff. And it's hard because that stuff does need to get done. Bills do need to get paid. But just really looking at it from a mindset of God is still in control of it. My prayer every morning is that the Holy Spirit would lead my actions. He would lead my attitude, that he would lead my words and that I would trust him with anything that he doesn't lead me to do. And so at the end of the day, I can say, you know, I didn't get this done, but I prayed that the Lord would lead my actions today. And if I didn't get it done, maybe there's a reason why, you know, maybe I just wasn't called to get it done today and really just trust him in that and not put so much weight on what I do. 
Yeah, that's a good perspective. Well, so you obviously have a love of God's word. He's put that in you. Eventually, you end up going to get your degree in theological studies, correct? I did. And you know, the funny thing is, I I got my degree in theological studies while I was working before I had my daughter. Oh, okay. Actually, I had... um, applied and got accepted to a school. I was going to get my MBA and I had my budget all set because I was like, I want to do this debt free. I'm going to just pay. You know, I was still going to be working full time. I was going to go to school full time and I was just going to pay as I went. And I had my budget set to a T. A few weeks before the school is supposed to start, they went up on the tuition rates. I was just like, there's no, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And I remember being really discouraged and being like, man, I really wanted to get my master's. That was something that I, you know, education was strongly pushed in my household growing up. I, I was like, man, I, I might not do that, you know, because uh, life is just moving so fast. You start yes. working, you buy a house and it's just like, well, but then I found uh, out about Liberty University. They had an online seminary program. You know, I had already started to kind of study a little bit more. And I was like, this sounds like something I'd be really interested in. And I just really felt like God was saying, I shut that other door because this is the door I want you to go through. You know, I didn't even have beloved women started yet. So I was like, okay, God, you know, he was just showing me a little bit at a time. What I would do was I told you I had a two hour commute to work and then two hour another commute back home. And I was taking the commuter bus, which I absolutely hated. (laughs) (laughs) And um, but what I did was I used that time to study. So that was four hours every single day that I could read, study. When I got home, I could write. And then I told you I got pregnant. So I was working full time, in school full time, pregnant full time. I was sick. And so then I stopped working. But I was like, I upped my classes that summer because I was like, I got to graduate before this baby is born. For real, girl. That's what it feels like, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I graduated that summer and then I had my daughter that fall. See, I think that's so cool because I am the person who could be a forever student. I often say, particularly to my husband and close friends, I'm like, if I could just find the job where they pay me to go to school. Yes. And they're like, you're so weird. And I just love to learn new things. It's very yeah. enjoyable. And what a foundation that laid for you now that you and couldn't I no even idea. see. And you know what? I, I remember feeling really confused at points because I was like, okay, God, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have a degree in business management from NC State, but then, you know, I have my seminary degree as well. I know a little bit about video production and it just, it just didn't make sense to me. Right. I, I was like, God, man, like, did I make a mistake? Like, should I have just picked one thing and just been just on that one track? You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should have just stuck with business or I feel like I'm just disjointed. And I'm all over the place. But now doing the YouTube videos and doing Bible studies, like it's all kind of coming together, which I had no idea seven years ago that this is what I would be doing. None whatsoever. It's amazing to look back and just see the way God is faithful in the, I don't want to say strange, (laughs) but it is kind of strange because you just can't see it. It doesn't always make sense, but hindsight gives us so much ability to praise him for what he does in our lives and really protects us from ourselves. Right. Because I would have been had my MBA, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, I'm sure it would help some, but with the amount of studying that I'm doing, you know, going to Liberty was substantially helpful to what I'm doing now. Yeah, well, let's talk about what you're doing now. What's the ministry look like? I know you've got the videos, you've got the books, you've got the online stuff, but how are women interacting with your ministry? Well, we have over, man, I don't even know how many downloads. 
we have now. It might be like 20,000 downloads for the app or something like that. And we have so many women that just come to the website consistently. I usually post my videos on Monday mornings. So we have a big email list and everybody knows on Mondays, I send my emails out. You get your Bible study. You get some Bible study questions to get your week started in God's word. But then, of course, every morning we post a short little daily devotional on our app. And we have 14 writers that write for beloved women that provide just encouragement. You get a scripture, you get encouraging word, you get a prayer, you get a reflection question to kind of get your day started. Our goal is to just get women engaged in the Bible, just kind of like how years ago God was like, okay, Christina, get in my word. And it really just helped me through confusing times, through hard times to know like God is with me. And that's how I really hear from God is when I'm reading my word and I'm studying my word. I really hear God just speaking to me through that and really guiding me and directing me. And it gives me so much more clarity and peace. And I want other women to have that. One thing that I did last year and that I want to continue to do more videos about is really teaching women how to study the Bible for themselves. So for so many years, I've been teaching the Bible, Um, but I do want to do more of a focus of helping women to learn how to get in and study it for themselves because there's nothing like studying for yourself. Uh, the videos are great and everything like that, but this I'm sharing with you what the Lord directly shared with me. You're only getting a portion of it. You right. know what I'm saying? Where you could be getting a word for, for yourself. yourself. Right. Last year, I, I posted a video called How to Study the Bible uh, with the four R's Bible study method. And that four R's are read, reflect, respond, and request. Go through each one. Read is read the scripture. Reflect is you're asking yourself, what does this scripture mean? respond is how are you going to apply the scripture to your life? What do you learn that you can actually do to live it out? And request is prayer. You want to pray over it for the power to actually live out what you learned. And so with that, we also created the Life Bible Journal. And it is a journal that each page, each study page follows the four hours Bible study method. And you can kind of write in it. And it's a pretty hardcover spiral journal um, that beloved women can use in their own personal time in God's word. And we have different study questions on the website that you can use to kind of guide if you want to, but they're blank. So if you want have something else, you just want to do your own thing, you can do that as well. Well, and it's nice to have all of those in one place. Because for me, I'm totally forgetting what, you know, God told me to do yesterday. And if I've (laughs) written it down, it's so nice to look back and be able to even say, okay, Lord, I really feel like you were speaking this to me during this time. I need to be confident and walk that out today when I don't really feel like doing it or I'm afraid that this is, you know, not going to be the right path or whatever. And so when you write down what God is really teaching you, it's so amazing to look back and it gives you the confidence to walk forward in what he showed you through his word. It just solidifies the the message that he's giving you because there have been so many times where I was like, man, I know there was something that I heard that I should have done and I didn't write it down and I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, man, I know I learned something last. I remember it was really good, but I just can't remember what it was. I know. Well, and I wish I had the statistic right now of Bible illiteracy and what that looks like in Christians or people who claim to be Christians. And I just want to encourage everybody. God's word is so rich. And the more you read it, the more clear it becomes. And it's this beautiful picture of our need for this Savior who loves us and died for us. And it starts in Genesis and it goes all the way through. Yes. And really, as you learn to study it, it's just like going to school. I've tried to tell some of my friends, you know, you didn't know how to do algebra 
until you started doing algebra. You may right, not have been exactly. great at it by the end of the year, but the reality is you were better than you were at the beginning. Right. And so it only becomes clear as you do it. Exactly. We want to just encourage women to get started to open up your Bible, open up your Bible app and just start with reading. You don't even have to start studying. Just start reading you uh, verses every morning. And then uh, that's actually what I did when I was in college. And, you know, at, like after that encounter and really just truly understanding the gospel, I was like, you know, I really need to be in my word even more. But from a, you know, from a perspective of because of what God did for me, not what I'm trying to do for him. Right. And I would my mom, she would send me these daily devotionals called Our, Our Daily Bread. Oh, yeah, girl. I know all about Our Daily Bread. <laughs> yeah, because you I don't know if they still do it now, but I know back then they would like physically mail you the um, pamphlet. I don't know if they mail it now, but they still have those little books that are, is it two months or something? Yeah, it's two or three months worth. Yeah, that they'll, but they would send, they would actually, and I thought that was so amazing. Like, y'all just gonna send it for free? But they would mail it to my door for free. And every morning I would take like, two or three minutes and read it every morning. And over the years, that reading and that studying, the time just kind of grew, you know? So it's just like building any other muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't try to read a whole book every day. Like, read a verse a day, then bump it up. Read a few verses. Then, you know, as the Lord leads you, be led by the Holy Spirit, but just start small, um, but at least start. Yeah, exactly. Well, do you have any testimonies, any stories you can share from women who have engaged with beloved women? Oh, yes. I get emails all the time. And I don't know why they're always so surprising to me, because I think that with the online ministry, you don't know your impact because I don't physically see the women that are reading. I, I see the numbers. And I know, oh, so many people saw this or so many people viewed this, but I don't know how it impacted them unless right. they tell. Me. But I'll get emails and say, you know, I was at a point in my life where I thought I was going to lose hope and I found this particular video and it really helped me out of this dark season. Mm. Or, you know, I was looking for a resource of women that were on fire for Jesus. And, you know, I was feeling alone because nobody around me is really taking God seriously. And I found you guys and it was so encouraging to me. And so we get those kind of messages all the time. And it's so encouraging to me because otherwise I wouldn't know. And I have to assume that there are countless others like that who didn't send an email. Um, But it really is walking by faith and like, God, I'm going to put this video out and I'm going to trust that you're going to use it for your glory and you're going to help free your daughters and help them find satisfaction and wholeness in you. Well, and I love people like you and just women, even men all across the world who are just saying, you know what, there's space for me here because there's billions of people in the world and we all have the ability to minister to people because the Holy Spirit lives in all of us. Right. So if you're really feeling led to do something like beloved women or putting the video out there or the encouraging word or sending that email or sending that snail mail, do it because somebody out there may encounter Jesus differently or for the first time through your work. Yeah. And you never know. And it's so funny because sometimes I'll put a video out and I'll be like, man, God, that seemed kind of boring to me or I don't know how people receive it. And then it'll get like a really positive response. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, so it really is, you know, we plant the seed, but God is the one that causes the growth. Amen. You know, I just do what God tells me to do and I trust the results with him and by his grace. And he's truly answered our prayer. We have a prayer team. And one of our prayers is just that God would continue to lead women to beloved that need beloved and that he would use beloved. And he has been faithful to answer that prayer. That's so awesome. Well, tell me before I ask you a few questions, where can we find you and the Life Bible Journal and the book? 
books. Yes, you can find everything at belovedwomen.org. There you can find all our videos and free Bible study resources. If you click shop in the menu, you'll find the Beloved Boutique where you'll find uh, the Life Bible Journal, planners. Um, We've got some scripture cards coming to the shop pretty soon as well. And also we'll be selling tickets for our Beloved Conference this fall very soon. So all that information will be at belovedwomen.org. Awesome. And then the app, is it Beloved Women? as well yes. in the app store? Search, yeah, just search Beloved Women and we'll pop up. We should be the first one to pop up. Awesome. Okay, so we end the show with a couple of questions. Okay. The first question I want to ask is, we all experience the grace of God every day, but we have seasons where we cannot do anything but cling to it even more tightly. Do you have an example from your life that you could share with us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I write about it a little bit in Daughters of Fire, but it was just 2013, (laughs) that year. We moved back to North Carolina. My husband, so even though I was from here, I really hadn't reconnected with my friends here. I didn't know anybody in the neighborhood that we were living in. My husband was working nights. And this was the time where I had a newborn. She was one. Oh, well, that's the same. (laughs) (laughs) She was one. And I hadn't really come to grips with the fact that God was calling me to be a stay at home mom. So I'm looking for jobs. And I just remember feeling very lonely Mm -hmm. in that season. Yeah feeling like, man, what am I doing wrong? Why am I, why can't I get myself together? You know what I'm saying? But really starting that prayer that I was telling you that I pray every morning, God, Holy Spirit, please lead me, you know, help me to do what you call me to do. Help me to trust you with you haven't called me to do. And the biggest thing that he did teach me is like, you know, everything that you do is by my grace and I need you to cling to me every single day. And that was the biggest lesson that God taught me. And and I think that um, sometimes God calls us Two seasons like that where they're, I call them ravine seasons in uh, the book, Daughters of Fire, because Elijah, before he confronts the Israelites, God calls him to a ravine and he's just living out there by himself for a while. And sometimes God calls us to those ravine seasons so that he can kind of strip us Mm -hmm. of the things that are not of him and that we can see him clearly. um, And we're not distracted by busyness and other people and things like that. So I think that's what that was for me. And to teach me like every day, rely on me for your daily bread. That was that. That was that season for me. I know. And it's a good example, too, because sometimes God's revelation can come quickly. And sometimes it is a long, drawn (laughs) out ravine before you even get to start walking back up the mountain. Right. (laughs) Right. It is. And even if you do realize what it is, it's like God still developing that muscle in you, Absolutely. that faith muscle. And it takes time. It's not just because, oh, I know God's testing me that I automatically pass the test. No, like if it's a year long test, then it's a year long test. You know, I think that we can still experience joy in those seasons when we know like God is with me. He has my back. He's not going to let me fall. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else if God's not there, you know? So even though I'm in this ravine season, because God's right here with me in it, then this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on the mountaintop yet if God's not going to be there with me. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Well, if you could sit down with your great grandchildren, <gasps> I know, right? What is some wisdom you would want to share with them? Oh, what would I share with them? I would want to tell them, I would want to just reinforce to them how much God loves them and to just enjoy their life. Mm. That's what I would want to encourage them with. I think this year, 
you know, usually the Lord will give me like a word for the year. So this year, the word that the Lord placed on my heart was simple. And I think because we overcomplicate things and we do too much sometimes and, and, and that can quickly suck the joy out of our lives. And so I would just want to encourage them to like slow down and just enjoy this short life that you have. Well, thanks, Christina. You are definitely on fire for the Lord, and I love chatting with you. So I just want to encourage my listeners to please check out Beloved Women and check out the app if you're looking for some devotionals. Thank you so much, Amber. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions about today's show or any of our previous shows, check out the show notes for links and resources at graceenoughpodcast.com. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Better Samaritan Podcast where Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan discuss everything from simple acts of kindness to complex humanitarian challenges with their guests. Want to learn how to faithfully do good better? Find insights at The Better Samaritan.